Welcome to the Stock Music Licensing Podcast, the number one resource for creating passive income selling stock music online. I'm your host, Daniel Carrizales, and I'm here to help you monetize your compositions. All right, welcome to episode 71 of the Stock Music Licensing Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about the three biggest mistakes newcomers do when selling stock music on libraries like Pond5 and Audio Jungle, aka stock libraries. If you're new to music licensing or if you're new to music libraries uh, like Pond5 and Audio Jungle, you would like to learn how to sell your music on this type of libraries. I have done a free workshop for you to go and watch where I teach you how to earn between $500 and $1,000 per month. You can go to stockmusiclicensing.com slash free workshop. These links will be in the show notes. All you need to do is input your email and you will have immediate access to this free workshop. You can watch this video. It's around 40 minutes of pure bliss and information on how to get your music into stock libraries and start earning between $500 and $1,000 per month. Again, stockmusiclicensing.com slash free workshop. So today I want to talk to you about the biggest mistakes uh, newcomers to stock libraries make. And uh, this is going to be a very practical uh, episode for you. If you are an experienced composer already, you probably are familiarized with this uh, three mistakes. I did it. <laughs> I was a professional on it. I had a PhD on this uh, three mistakes. Okay. And, and I really want to get down to it. I want to really uh, showcase you, or not showcase, it's not the right word, but I really want to show you that, that I've been there, I've done them, I've been guilty of, of those mistakes myself. It didn't take me anywhere. And, and it will surprise you that you can uh, overcome them and actually get to the other side. And the other side is simply a side of, <laughs> uh, of success, okay? And feeling good about yourself, feeling good about your music and, and growing as a composer, okay? But before we get into the content of this episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by Stock Music Licensing Academy. If you would like to learn more about how to earn money selling stock music online, go to stockmusiclicensing.com click Academy and go and check out the Ultimate Stock Music Masterclass. Go and read all the testimonials of all the hundreds of students who have already gone through the course and seen success. Again, if you would like to learn how to monetize your compositions, go to stockmusiclicensing.com and click Academy. Now, let's dive right into the content of this episode. So here we go. Let's get right into the content of this episode. So mistake number one when newcomers come to a stock libraries, they start comparing their music with the best, the best seller. Okay, so that's mistake number one. Mistake number one is, is a, there's a dream killer. You're comparing yourself to somebody that's already in the game, somebody that's already been there doing it for the longest time, somebody that probably has the better uh, composition skills than you have. They already have a lot of music out there. They're making sales already. And here you are starting out and you're comparing your music to what they're doing today. There will always be people ahead of you and there will always be people behind you. Understand where you are and being content with that is the best <laughs> way to be uh, happy. Not content in the sense that I don't want to grow, but understand where you are. And in order for you to grow, you need to really focus on your work. You cannot compare. Comparison and be comparing your music with somebody else's music and sales is a dream killer. I did this. It was really damaging. 
for me as a musician, as a composer, to compare my music to somebody else's music. You don't do that because it just really kills inspiration. Uh, it just creates more insecurity. And there is no learning there. There is a place to see what other people are doing in order to do your research. But when it comes down to starting out, you should be focusing on your music, not what somebody else is doing. I'm at lowest point. I was checking how many sales the other guy was doing and why I wasn't making any sales. Don't do that. Don't compare your music to somebody else's. Don't compare the sales that somebody else's is making to your sales. Okay? There will always be somebody ahead of you and there will always be somebody behind you. Understand that because you could be ahead of somebody at this very moment and you just don't know it. So that's mistake number one. Mistake number two to try to compose the music track that the best sellers are making. This is a terrible mistake because you're trying to copy now somebody else's uh, uniqueness. The only thing you have in this world when it comes down to a creative endeavor or being a creative musician or, or in this case, a composer for stock libraries is your uniqueness, is yourself. Yes, you can use blueprints, you can use uh, techniques that all the other people are doing, but to go as far as to actually listen to somebody else's music and try to replicate it, it's a big mistake, okay? Yes, they're using the same chord progressions, they're using the same VSD, the same plugins, the same everything, but do your own thing. You know already what chords they're using, you know what plugins they're using. Why don't you just focus on your own music? Why do you have to literally try to replicate that sound? Why do you really have to copy so much that music that this other person created that was very easy for them to create, but for you somehow, it's a struggle. And the reason it's a struggle for you to create this music is because you're trying to copy somebody, okay? Now, there is such a thing as learning from other people and try to copy what they're doing, but you have to find that uh, really fine line between, uh, am I Am I really doing something positive here? Or am I really damaging my well-being and my, my own creativity, if you will? So I really believe in learning. Okay, I really believe in copying what other people are doing uh, to a certain extent when it comes down to, to, to growing. All right? But what I'm talking about here is a toxic uh, state of mind. I'm talking about something that you are going down a downward spiral of insecurity, of doubt, because you have gone too far. You have to understand when it's too far. You have to understand that when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, are you really learning from them or are you just bringing yourself down? When, when it comes out to using somebody else's music as a reference, are you really learning from that music track that you really like and you will feel like, okay, can you make the same thing? Or, are you, or, or have you gone too far already and, and actually this is actually being counterproductive now and it's actually triggering a lot of insecurities within you as a composer or as a musician. I've been there. Believe me. Uh, nowadays, I know my place. Nowadays, I know that there are people way ahead of me. Uh, I know also there's people behind me. And it's my responsibility to educate those who are behind me. The people that are ahead of me, I can learn from them. But I'm, I'm really happy with where I am and I can learn from other people without being in a toxic uh, state of mind uh, or something that's going to bring me insecurity, uh, feelings or doubts about my music and what I have done. Obviously, for me, it's easier now because I have a proven track record and, um, and money is the best uh, feedback. So when you sell the music, you get like, okay, I'm doing something right here. 
I have my own music tracks that are selling really well on other libraries. Uh, my original ideas of being uh, one of the best sellers on Oli Jungle, it didn't uh, turn out to be like that. And I realized that maybe my music could sell somewhere else uh, as well. I can still be successful, but not maybe in the way that I was envisioning it. And that's perfectly fine. You see, we don't have to follow the same footsteps of other people uh, to the to the T, if you will. There are other ways to succeed. There's many roads for success. And in my case, was to take the knowledge that I have in my music out of Audio Jungle. That was the irony of it, actually, because at the beginning I was so obsessed with it, with just uh, Audio Jungle, that it really took me the longest time to realize that maybe that same music track could be selling somewhere else. And maybe that is the path that I wanted to follow. And and until I did that and, and separated myself from, from Audio Jungle, because it was where I got started in Audio Jungle, really. And I always talk about Audio Jungle because it has a special place uh, in my heart as a, as a beginner in stock libraries. And, and I do still make sales there. And I did a lot of sales back in the day until the marketplace changed a lot. Uh, but now with uh, the invitation that I got from uh, Envato Elements, which is a subscription um, uh, library of uh, Envato, of Audio Jungle, I, I kind of like see now that there's more. So uh, meaning that there's more for me to make uh, on Audio Jungle, uh, on Envato Elements, I should say. Uh, but it's still under the umbrella of Envato. So there's more for me there. It's not over, okay? Because in the past, I just said, like, oh, I'm just going to move on and I'd be so obsessed with Audio Jungle, and I focus on other libraries, which was a great move because that's how my income grew, and it's still growing to this day because of that decision. But now that I have been invited to Envato Elements, now I can see that there's even more growth and more income coming from Envato. So it's not over for me, and I don't take my eye off the ball either when it comes down to Audio Jungle because it's a very important library for sure. But one thing I don't do anymore, and I, and I stopped this years ago, I have no idea who's selling on Audio Jungle and who's not. I have no idea who the best sellers are. I don't know. I mean, all I hear is from my students when they say to me, oh, the best sellers are selling their music for $5 or $10, or they keep me up to date, but I have no idea. Back in the day, I kept track of all of this, the best sellers, what they were doing, what type of music, how much they were selling. And nowadays, I don't have time for that. Now, now it's just because it was really damaging at some point. You need to understand when when have you taken it too far, okay? That's mistake number two. Now, mistake number three, and this, this might come a little bit of a surprise for you, but mistake number three has to do with the gear that you're using, okay? With the plugins, the VSTs that you're using. Uh, a lot of composers use, uh, there's what they call uh, uh, industry standards when it comes down to samples and, and VSTs. But I'm here to tell you that you can do stock music and be very successful by using free stock plugins that come with your DAW. Okay? And I have done this. A lot of people have done this as well. And there's nothing wrong with getting started by doing music with whatever you have right now, right here. All of my music has been recorded and, and, and produced using a beaten up old laptop from 2010, okay? And I've been using free plugins. Back in the day, I was using Pro Tools. I will use whatever free plugins uh, will come with uh, Pro Tools. Uh, that now I'm using Logic, and I use whatever uh, Logic is it has. Uh, I teach my students using this exact uh, plugins. I compose music tracks 
using this type of plugins, uh, compressors and EQs as well, everything that is native to, to Logic, to show that you can actually create and produce high-quality music by using this uh, stock plugins that are free, really. Uh, I have used, of course, very affordable stuff, uh, affordable stuff from a Spitfire's Audio, for example, uh, $29 or, or whatever, stuff that anybody can afford it because they sound fantastic. And even if you use uh, Spitfire's Audio's Labs uh, versions, which are, are, are free again, you can create a lot of high-quality music with those tracks. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't invest on samples and, and higher-end uh, plugins and, and whatnot, but don't use it as, as an excuse uh, to, for, for a reason why you're not getting started or why you're not successful because that's a, that's a trap there. Always thinking that if only I can spend money on this plugin, if only I can spend more money on the latest um, a compressor, or if only I can get this emulator to do this and to do that. That's all well and that. That's that's great. Okay, we all want toys. Hey, I I am a, a gear uh, fanatic as much as you are, and I love to to buy gear. But that that's not my my aim here. It's not. I don't use that as an excuse to to really to progress and to grow and to earn money, which is the bottom line, okay? And I'm sure this has happened to you. You have <laughs> bought a piece of gear and you're really not using it. You probably have more than what you need, okay? You probably have way too much. And, and, and that's why you're feeling frustrated. That's why you're feeling overwhelmed. That's why you're not seeing any results because you have too many options, okay? Reduce the options when it comes down to sounds. Reduce the options when it comes down to the uh, the samples that you're using, the compressors, the EQs, everything. And you can be able to compose music that is going to be more focused, for sure. I hope this uh, short episode is helpful to you. I've done uh, these three mistakes myself in the past. Uh, a really, really, really... Uh, I was really good at this. Like I said in the beginning, I had a PhD on these three mistakes. And to recap, these mistakes are mistake number one, to compare yourself to the best sellers, especially at the beginning when you're starting out. Compare yourself to somebody that's already ahead of you. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two, to compare your music to the best sellers and try to compose music exactly how they're doing it and try to copy to the T the music tracks that they're composing. It's a terrible mistake. That's mistake number two. And mistake number three, to think that you need new gear, you need new plugins, new samples, or higher end plugins and samples in order for you to be successful. That is not true. So those are the three mistakes that all musicians, composers, and newcomers do when it comes down to, to selling music on stock libraries. I've done them all. I got rid of those bad habits years ago. And really went and run the other way as fast as possible uh, for peace of mind and, and to really just focus on my work. Okay, I know what I need to do. I understand what's, what's happening in the stock music library world. And uh, until you get rid of that uh, toxic uh, mental state of comparison and self-doubt, you will never be happy doing this. You will never. You will always be comparing yourself. Again, understand that there will always be somebody ahead of you and there will always be somebody behind you, okay? But you can always grow and aim for, for be better than what you were yesterday. Your best competitor was yourself yesterday. Try to beat that, okay? You compare yourself to yourself and try to be better tomorrow. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope this episode is helpful to you. 
I think that this is uh, something that not a lot of composers talk a lot about. I don't think a lot of people are, are open enough to, to really admit uh, this type of uh, feelings and, and, and things that we go through. So I, I'm here to to show that I've done it. So if you're going through something like that, it, there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and that's the reason why I'm doing this episode today. Again, thanks a lot for the love and support. I'll see you in another episode. And as always, rock and roll. And here's to your success.